Bruce Lawn. I was sitting back this week considering the time of the season. This is the time of year where my wife does a KKPC thing where she hosts a children's kids choir at a church called Stonebrook. And we have a blast putting on a production and a play and all kinds of different kids coming together and just remembering Jesus and remembering the, the, the reason for the season, if you will. I know it sounds kind of cliche. And I was considering this. I was thinking about all this. I wanted to pause and just remind us the reason that some of us follow Jesus and sometimes we forget. So that's what we're going to be talking about on this video. Why I follow Jesus, why I think you should follow Jesus in light of every other scenario, in light of every other option. It's not super duper sensationalized and giving you guys a bit more of my story. But before we do that, guys, we have a free how to study the Bible course in the link of this video or go to mastermydevo.com. Completely free, giving you more clarity, context, consistency, and ultimately life application for your devotion in following Jesus on your day-to-day. So some of you guys know this. Some of you guys may not know this about me, but I did not grow up a Christian. I did not grow up in a Christian home. I did not grow up with Christian parents in terms of my brothers and sisters, my mom and my dad. So this is not something that I grew up. Some folks grew up taking it for granted. I grew up viewing God as a far distant figure that wasn't very active. And when he was active, he came off very mean and very, very angry. And for some reason, uh, he had to crucify his son on the cross and that seemed really harsh. I didn't quite understand it. I was growing, I was going to an Armenian Orthodox church. By Armenian, I simply mean Armenian in the sense that I'm ethnically Armenian, not Armenian like the theology Armenian. And so I get this question a lot. Like you didn't come to faith until later in your life, Ruslan, much later, and you you don't come off like a like a religious guy. You're not really on like the heresy hunter energy. You're not out here just trying to dunk on every other non-Christian on YouTube and tell them how stupid they are, even though sometimes we do have to acknowledge how stupid the world is acting. We grew up under communistic Russia, uh, very void of spirituality, very agreeable, get in line, do what you're supposed to do for the sake of the greater good of the community. And that's been my experience more or less. And so I was thinking about why, why and how did I come to faith in Jesus? I have a whole exposed testimony series. You guys can kind of hear all of the details of my life and all the experiences I've had, all the shortcomings and that whole thing. But I want to jump into one passage of scripture, which I think is a great reminder for us that identify as Christians. And Christian sometimes loses its meaning in our society today. We're a Christian nation. Everything is Christian. When I say Christian, I mean follower of Jesus, follower of Jesus. That's what I mean by Christian. So here's something that I think is very, very dope in terms of a passage from Philippians chapter two. This is the apostle Paul writing the church in Philippi, and we're going to jump right into Philippians chapter two. What I love about this is, is, is oftentimes Paul writes and he goes from theology to doxology or lifestyle, right? From theology to, to, to what you should know, what you should believe to how you should bring glory to God with your lifestyle. And here, chapter two, he, he kind of does the inverse. He gives us application, but then he gives us the theology and the reason why for the application, okay? So he says, therefore, if any of you have encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having 
having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So he's like, look, in your day-to-day life, in your approach, have the same mindset as Jesus. Act like Jesus. If you find value from Jesus, you should act like Jesus. Your, your life should look different. You should approach things different. You should approach your relationships different. It's not just a compartmentalized faith. There's a ripple effect to our faith, okay? And he goes on to say, then he goes into the, the theology of it, right? The, 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 the knowledge of it, if you will, the study of God. That's what that's all theology means. It's not a fancy word. Don't be intimidated by the word theology. But he says, verse six, who, this is a Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father right and what I love about this is he says look if you found any value in following Jesus any joy make it your your pursuit to live out like Jesus make it your pursuit to 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 look different than the world to, 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 to put others before yourself. And then he gives this example of, of why, because he's saying, because Jesus did this, because Jesus in very nature, being God, God in the flesh came, lives the life that we couldn't live, dies the death that we should have died, right? That, that is the good news. He says, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. We know it's Christmas time. Jesus came as a baby. Okay. I have an eight month old. All right, she just started crawling. Her name is Zoe Grace, okay? And watching her grow from zero months to when she was born to eight months, that there's a lot of growth there, but she's not like a fully functioning human. She's still dependent on her mother for sustenance. She's still barely starting to crawl. She isn't walking yet. She's saying a, she's saying a few words. She does a little cute little uh-oh, and she does da-da-da-da-da, which I think she's saying da-da, but I'm not really sure if she's saying da-da, but I think I feel like she's saying da-da. And then when I say, are you saying da-da? She just kind of looks at me and smiles. So my eight-month-old, like Jesus was like my baby at one point, right? We think of Jesus as the lion, which he is. We think of Jesus as our Messiah, which he is. But, but he came in human likeness. He came and was a baby at one point. He came and like, had to, to to rely on someone else to take care of him, had to rely on someone else to clean him, had to rely on someone else to care for him, had to rely on his parents, right? And as a baby, he could have came any way he wanted, but he chose to come as a baby. He chose to come with humility, right? And it says in verse eight, it says, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That he didn't just humble himself, that he humbled himself to death on a cross, And then it says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. So why Jesus? Why Jesus? When I look at what the world 
is presenting to us. When I look at mo- motivation, self-help, when I and I'm not saying there's anything wrong in and of itself or reading a inspirational book or, or 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 learning from somebody, but when I look generally at that, what what I see is I see this demand to do better. Do better, work harder, grind longer, do better. You need to do better. You don't like where your life is, you got to do better, right? And then when I see religion and other religious figures, I I see very distant figures that also tell us to do better. You 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 want to you want to get to God? Well, you got to pray this many times a day facing this direction. You got to go on a pilgrimage. You got to do this, you got to do that. You got to do these things and maybe you will have a shot at getting into heaven. Maybe you'll have a shot at reincarnating as something better than you were in this lifetime. Maybe something will look different the second go around. When I look at psychology, when I look at a lot of people, a lot of us that are getting mental health support, when I look at a lot of the stuff that we're seeing with, you know, whether it's medication, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with medication, but whether it's medication, whether it's going to a therapist, whatever it is, it's a lot of behavior modification. It's a lot of do better. You got to do better. Here are tips to do better right? And what I find different about Jesus is when I looked around and I said, okay, the Republicans are telling me to do better. The the Democrats are telling me to do better. The psychologists tell me to do better. The Muslims are saying do better. The Jehovah's Witnesses are saying do better. The self-help folks are saying do better. Everybody's saying just do better. Do better. Yet Jesus comes and says, you can't do better. My standards are too high. You can't do better and, and, and be good enough to get into heaven. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to deal with that for you. Instead of just saying do better, he says, I'm going to come live the life that you couldn't live, died to death that you should have died. I'm going to do the work for you on the cross. I'm going to deal with the issue of sin. I'm going to deal with your consequence of sin. And I'm going to do the, do, do the sacrifice. And it's not just that. He then goes on and says, hey, I'm going to then give you my own spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to rise and conquer death, demons, destruction, sin. And I'm not just going to tell you do better. I'm actually going to create a pathway for you to live in relationship and in communion with me. It's not just about doing better. It's not just saying, hey, you suck, do better. That's religion, friends. That's that's a that's a works-based approach. And it has crept into the church, by the way. Like it is evident in the church. Just do better. You need to do more. You need to go to another conference. You need to read another book. We, you need to do another thing. Right? And Jesus is saying, look, I, I've done everything there is to do. I I've I went to the cross. I lived the perfect life. And now what Jesus is offering me, that's distinct. This is the key. This is distinct from anything else I see when I look around the religious sphere, anything I see in the help, self-help area, anything I see anywhere else I look. What's distinct for Jesus is he's saying, I did it all. You think it's about doing, doing, doing. I'm telling you, it's been done. It is finished. It's finished on the cross. And I'm not just going to leave you here. I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. He's going to give you a new heart of flesh. He's going to take away your heart of stone, give you a new heart of flesh. And and, and all the things that you used to hate, like church, 
like God, like righteousness, I'm, I'm going to make you love those things. And all those things that you used to love, like sin, like rebellion, you're going to hate those things now. You're, and, 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 if you, and, and in the times you go on sinning and, and, and being an idiot and being a derelict, you're not going to be comfortable with that. You're going to really not like it. You're going to feel conviction. You're going to feel a, a burden that wasn't really intended for you because you weren't intended to continue living in sin. Because I've given you a way out to a new life, to being born again. It doesn't mean there's not going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble. Jesus said it. You're going to have trouble in this life. It doesn't mean that you're all going to get a Bentley and get a Maserati and be rich for Jesus. No, sometimes we're going to go through tribulations and hard times. But he makes sense of it all. He makes sense of the suffering. He makes sense of this. And when someone says, listen, you, 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 you are incapable of doing better enough to get God's approval. Somebody had to do it for you. That is very offensive, friends. That's it? So Jesus did it for me? Yep, Jesus did it for you. So, so, so I, I don't have to do this performance art morality thing? Yep, Jesus did it for you. And he's going to send you a spirit, and all of a sudden... The light bulb is going to go off. Your desires are going to change. The trajectory of your life is going to change because when you place your faith in Jesus, therefore repentance is evident all over you. The things that you used to hate, now you love. The things that you used to love, now you hate. The trajectory of your life is different. And even when you do dumb things post-Jesus, you feel different about it and you're looking to course correct. Friends, that's not like any option, any opportunity, any exchange, any job, any psychology, none of that. It's completely different than everything the world offers. It's completely different than anything anyone offers us. So when I just objectively looked, at the time I was dating a Jehovah's Witness girl in high school and I was looking at their version of this whole Christianity and Jesus didn't really deal with sin on the cross. When I looked at my friends who were Muslim at the time, and I was listening to them and trying to understand their faith better. This is right after 9-11, so I was really trying to like be sensitive and understand it. They didn't really have any kind of sure path to God. It was just kind of like, do your thing, and maybe Allah will have mercy on you. And, and I looked at all these other faiths, and I said, nobody actually deals with this issue of sin. Nobody actually deals with with the fact that humans left alone to their own devices are pretty wicked and wild people. Now, these are the guys actually creating pathways to God. And so as I, as I placed my faith in Jesus, that that's exactly what happened. My life, it's like, it's like the lights turned on. It's like I went from seeing everything with, 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 with blurry vision to seeing everything in crisp 4K, 3D, surround sound. Life just turned on. Right? And I'm far from perfect. I'm, I, I, I still struggle. I still wrestle with things till this day. There's still things that are a, a hindrance for me walking. And, and I still make mistakes. But the grace of God is sufficient. The mercy of God is good. I think so many of us, when we're told that, hey, you know what? You're not good enough. All you've been told your, your whole life is that you're a snowflake and you're one of a kind. And you deserve a fifth place trophy and a participation award. And then... And in, this God tells you that like, man, none are righteous, not even one. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, right? So the image in, 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 in this thumbnail that you guys saw that, that's like, why is there this defaced Jesus? Uh, I think it's symbolic. And that, by the way, that, that happened at, uh, in, in, in Fargo, North Dakota. 
St. Mary's Cathedral, somebody, the, 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 the fame Jesus, and did that on the thumbnail of this. It's, it's because Jesus is so distinct, yet so offensive, that most people either get hostile or they surrender. Most people say there's something different to this, to this Jesus, or they get hostile and they say, nah, how dare you tell me I'm not good enough? It's all I've been told my whole life is I'm, is I'm, I'm good. And so, guys, in my life, I do not have all the answers, but I do know that Jesus does. I do know that even when we make a mess of our lives and we go and, 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 and do the very things that, that, that offend a holy God, do the very things that are self-destructive and harmful to us, that he's there with open arms, willing to receive us back in if we would simply repent and surrender our lives. And let me tell you something, that if you surrender your life and you really get serious about living your life God's way, you will always be in God's will. And if you live your life in God's will, you will have that abundant, flourishing life that so many of us are looking for. So many of us are looking for that in pleasure. So many of us are looking for that in relationships. So many of us are looking at material things. But that true, full, abundant life that many people seek is actually found in Jesus, is actually found in living the ways of Jesus. And his mercy is good. His mercy is sufficient. And anything good that you see in the world is really a copycat of that. If you, if you see something that, that's making sense, it's really just a counterfeit or it's a, it's a modern interpretation of Proverbs. And so, friends, surrender your life to God. L lay down your ways of doing things. Lay down your ways of doing things. You don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. And get behind these ancient truths. If you want to be in God's will for your life, the best way to do that is to follow God's ways. And if you want to get to know God's ways, the best way to do that is to get into God's word. It's a collection of books written across thousands of years by, by over 40 authors. Write letters, poetry, that you see and you can glean these ancient truths that show us the ways of God. And if we live the way of God, we will always be in the will of God and the will of God. Friends, the will of God, that is, is that sweet spot you desperately desire. And you think it's in other things, but, but it's actually in submitting and surrendering and living, following Jesus in your day to day. So hopefully this is helpful. If you haven't, check out our free How to Study the Bible course, Master My Debo, so you can get more into the ways of God through his word and get more context, clarity, all those different things. Uh, if you guys want to partner with what we're doing, the best way to do that, sign up for our Patreon. There's also links in the description. If you want to make a one-time contribution through PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, any of that kind of stuff. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. We are out of here. Peace. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Be sure to hit the link in the bio to check out our How to Study the Bible free course over at MasterMyDevo.com. And make sure to check out some of the other videos over here to our right. You can check out my exposed testimony series. Give this video a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I will see you guys next time. Peace.